When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we discuss all of your favorite video game romances. I'm Genesis, the girl who finally finished her second Mass Effect Legendary playthrough and has decided to go right back into the world of Theodis. And I'm Verrata, the girl who finally got her hands on a PS5 and is eagerly awaiting the release of Horizon Forbidden West. It's the only way I can get back to California right now. Mm, sad face yeah. and, well tonight we have a very very special episode because it is our first patreon live chat we are joined here by apollo who has been a supporter of the podcast since day one seriously thank you so much for being here good to be here i like the show and we like you we definitely like you sorry i had to mute because my cat was escaping and he likes to hit the mic when he leaves but yeah, thank you for being here, as usual. I'm always surprised when people, like, find oh, cat. <laughs> Not find a cat, but find worth in what we're saying. It makes me excited. I just automatically, I'm such a negative Nancy, I think. I automatically assume people are going to be like, ah, it's stupid. No. But then people hear it and they're like, it's good. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. People like it. <laughs> the We had a couple different options up for the first live episode. And the patrons, if anybody wants to vote on what the next month's Patreon episode discussion will be, it is just dollar to join. Um, and then that gives you access to vote on what the two girls and their friends will be discussing that month. Uh, this month, the topic of the first video game romance you remember was the topic of choice. Uh, I certainly remember most of my beginning ones. Uh well, we'd love to hear from you, Apollo. Yes, tell us. Well, my intro into video game romances was Dragon Age. <laughs> so I assume, like most guys, I went Morgan the first time and mm. was very unhappy because no matter how many times I went back to a previous save, I couldn't get her to stay. So I thought I did something wrong, but come to find out, you cannot get her to stay. So that was disappointing. But Morrigan's definitely my first video game romance. Can you pinpoint what about Morrigan? I know, assuming when the game came out, what probably initially drew you to Morrigan, but what made you want to keep pursuing her? Like, what about her did you like the most? I mean, at that time, she was obviously sexy. I liked her attitude. Like, she had, like, she wasn't. She had an attitude in that she wasn't going to put up with any crap from me or from anybody else, I felt like. 
So I thought that was really cool about her. So that just that just made me go that route. And I know I, I do I don't remember everything about it. This was 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like I didn't go after anybody else. I just kept pursuing Morgan, thinking, all right, I got to do it right, got to do it right. And then... it is sad. Yep. V, you have a lot more experience with the Morgan romance and things like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like we talked about this in her episode and in the episode with Heidi McDonald. Morgan was definitely, as a character from a development standpoint, crafted to be the perfect romance option for, you know, the cisgendered male folk. And Alistair was kind of the foil to her for that one, which definitely worked on me because Alistair was my first video game romance. I feel like most of us started with either Mass Effect or Dragon Age and um, or KOTOR, honestly, um, as far as video game romances go. I can see why Morgan's kind of prickly attitude would be endearing Mostly because I think a lot of love interests up until that point, they were either one of two, like, I think they could broadly be categorized in one of two ways, which was either, like, helpless damsel in distress, who is, like, cutesy, more traditional feminine, or, like, badass girl who doesn't need help from anyone. But, like, she does, though, and it's Mm -hmm. the man that comes and helps her. And Morgan's not that way at all, especially, I think... The way the romance culminates with her leaving you, no matter what you do. Um, and you could go with her, but that's like a very rare ending in the Witch Hunt DLC. Most of the time, you never see her again. And I think for her to be a truly independent woman is really cool. I just really like now, that about her. Now, what came, what came out first? Was KOTOR first or was Dragon Age first? KOTOR. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, then in that case, Bastila was my first video game and that, but that that was a long time ago. I do remember I did it the right way. I got to say I love you and saved her and all that. That's been a long time since I've played that. I've actually never played KOTOR, so Neither feel free. I. I, mean, I might if they weren't. We haven't played it, and I'm sure we're not the only ones. From what you can remember, what drew you to what was the character's name? Bastila. Bastila. Bastila Sean, I think is her name. She just. I was playing as a male, and that kind of... Back then, I was just going with what I kind of thought the game wanted me to do, and it felt that was kind of the natural romance for the male Jedi, is to go after the female Jedi. And playing light side was the way to, like, save her, because the only way to, like, bring her back at the end was to get... was to, like, save her through love and, and all that, and I was able to do that. So I guess technically that's my first video game romance, though. But I don't remember there being a sex scene or anything like that in KOTOR. But it has been a minute. Mm. I played it through like five or six times, but I did I did something different every time. That's mm. the only game I've ever been able to go full dark side, and I did everything dark side, and I felt horrible, horrible mm. doing it. That's impressive, you though. Like kill, you have to kill nice people. Like, beggars come up asking for money, and you know, could die. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm gonna do it. It's dark, dark side. I played... I I played Star Wars, the Old Republic, the MMO version of the game, and there is definitely a lot of romance options in there. And for me, my first character was Sith, because I, I definitely identify more with Sith than I do with Jedi. Um, 
V shaking her head, and I'm guessing she identifies as Jedi rather than Sith. No, I definitely, I'm no, I'm not, I'm just not a religious person, so I'm not going to pick Jedi, but I am 100% a rebel. So I, I will think that always might be pick the smart rebel. way to go because if you do it, if you go the renegade, the dark way, the first time, you haven't met anybody, so you don't have any attachment. It's like, I can't go renegade in Mass Effect because I like the characters. I cannot mm. be mean to Liar. I cannot be mean to Tali. I just can't mm-hmm. do it. But yeah. I might have been able to do it if I'd gone that way the very first time. Mm. That is a good point. It's nice. Yeah, it's easier to be know. mean to somebody you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. They're, oh, my gosh. I'm going to kick myself for not remembering the name of that term. It's like a psychology term for that. Something about the anonymity um, for you as a person. It's why people are so mean on the Internet. because it's Oh, not keyboard real. anonymity. Yeah. Basic, well, it's not just in the Internet, but I just meant like. It, if you, it's the same as when, you know, if we all cared about people the same way as we care about the people we actually know, then you wouldn't be able to walk past a homeless person without like bursting into tears or something, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. way we categorize people because we're like, we don't, that's outside of our group. We don't know them or I, you know, they don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. So I can act this way. I wouldn't act to my mom or something. There's like, I can't remember the name of the term for that, like behavior methodology that people do but um that's i think that's probably why it's easier to be mean when you haven't played the game and you don't know the characters i will never know like i already know all the characters i've known them for like a decade now so i'll just have to watch renegade videos on youtube because i don't think i could bring myself to do it at this point that's a testament to the game makers that they made a game well enough that you care so much about these imaginary characters that you Mm -hmm. literally cannot be mean to them Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they feel real. That's what's so good about it. I think that's, I mean, we've talked about this already before on this podcast in general, but like, I think that's why we like the video game romance so much. It adds just so much more depth. But so does the platonic friendships too. You know, like, for me, as much as I love the romance, like I, when I think of Morgan, I think of like a bestie, like I really befriended her. I was a female warden, so I couldn't romance her. But um, I, I have like a statue of her in my house. I didn't realize how big it was going to be when I ordered it in 2014. It's huge. It's like 14 inches tall or something. But um, it's pretty great. It's magnificent. But um, I love her as a character. And it's because she, you could be friends with her. She wasn't just like an NPC existing in cyberspace you know and i that's what i really like about just uh, so many games have changed to become like these narrative adventures that you are a part of mm-hmm. instead of like books or movies where you're kind of watching it happen to someone else and you can be very immersed depending on what point of view the story is being told from but you aren't making the decisions you aren't being the person that's why i love that's why i've always loved video games because you can really you just become somebody else for real mm-hmm Oh, I agree. I love the playthroughs of Dra- of Dragon Age. I, I absolutely like Morgan better as a friend. Like it, those were great having her, her as a friend. Great. And I know I with my fem- my female playthroughs. I never managed to like do whatever the right way is with Alistair. I never. I know I never achieved that or the best ending with Alistair. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know. I mean, for me, the right one is the best one, which is becoming queen and him right. not dying or becoming a drunk or whatever. Else, horrible things could happen to him. Well, you said you had to be born a certain way or whatever, and I, I think, I think all my female ones, I went as I was always an elf and can't mm-hmm. do 
That was my experience. I always pick Elf when I'm given the choice of Elf because when I was six years old, my mom read my sister and I, you know, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and Legolas was my favorite character ever since I was a little kid. Like, I think he was probably the first favorite character that I ever had in my life because I was just so young and I don't remember anything before that really. And, And so it just made me like an elf simp, for lack of a better term, for my whole life. So I always will pick an elf, and then I romanced Alistair, and I get to the end of the game, and he's like, no, you can't be queen because the people of Ferelden just will not accept a Dalish elf queen. That's just too much. And I was like, what is this stupidity? Excuse me? And I, early days of the internet, online game guides, and I looked it up. I was like, no, you have to harden him. You can't be, you could, if you hardened him, you could be his mistress, but that's it. And I was like, unacceptable. I restarted the whole game as a noble warden female so I could be his queen. (laughs) Jen, who was your first video game romance? I had to really put some thought into this because I was like, I've played so, so, so many video games over the years. But I was like, who were you trying to hook up with when you were like 12? And then I remembered I made me and my boyfriend in The Sims and was trying to get us to hook up together. So I think technically my first video game romances were all Sims. And I would get mad if my boyfriend was mean to me in the game. Like that really happened in real life because it happened in this video game and that's how you're gonna treat me in real life. So I'm not talking to you today. (laughs) Well, if we can go Sims, then my first video game romance was like 99 or 2000 mm-hmm. where I created myself <laughs> and the girl I had a crush on at the time in the game so we could get together in the game right but I feel like you know that was that was created I did that for myself completely I, totally. off duck. I didn't do that I definitely played a lot of the sims but I did not I, I loved just building the houses <laughs> that was all I did prefab I never stay with a family really you did prefab <laughs> No, I never stayed with the family. I got so bored. I would, I would just build houses all the time. That was like oh the only gosh. thing I ever did. I would do the cheat code mother load to get all the sim simoleons. There we go. And I would just build shit endlessly. We are so, so opposite on everything. <laughs> I hated building houses. The one thing that I would just be like, boom, prefab, Great. good to go. I built my one house and built that up, but that was it. I wasn't doing that anymore. Just walk around. Remember... But you never made them as representations of you. They were just like little mm-hmm. random people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my first sim always is me. I mean, I, I mean, some of them were. Like, usually it was like the teenage daughter because I was a teenage daughter at the time when I was playing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't played Sims in a long time. I would definitely play it again. I just don't have the computer for it right now because I just have a laptop and I don't want to play it on a laptop. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I would always make like a teenage daughter who was not me, but I like who I would have wanted to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I just make them the cooler version of me. Like, I can play in video, I can always play guitar in The Sims and stuff that I can't do that I wish I could do, but mm-hmm. do, not, do not have the talent to do. Going time, beyond The Sims, I remember the first time as a, I remember the first time that I got to hook up with somebody. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that there woo-hoo. was some, woohoo, uh, there was <laughs> probably a game or two in between it where romance was an aspect of it, but uh, The Witcher, 
Witcher 1 was one of the games that I re vividly remember making the choice to go have sex with somebody and then the repercussions of that afterwards. And I was, I was shocked at what happens. Wait, tell us what happens. I never played The Witcher 1. I only played oh, yeah. 3. Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to this. I plan on having a full episode devoted to Witcher, um, The Witcher 1 specifically, um, and then we'll do 2 and then 3. But in 1, there are two main characters that you can pick through where it's the exclusivity. If you choose one, you can't have the other one. But... And those are Triss Marigold and Shawnee the Medic. Um, I don't remember if I picked either Triss or Shawnee. I just realized that I could run around to 19 other women and pick up their player trading card. You would initiate uh, either like get a quest of, oh, Mr. Geralt, those flowers look quite lovely over there. You go and you go pick the flowers for her. She's like, oh, well, that was very kind of you, Mr. Witcher. Uh, would you like to meet me back over there behind the old mill? And you go yeah. and you meet her behind the old mill. And she throws off her clothes. And now you get to, to have sex with a virtual lady. And then she gives you a trading card. And it is a picture of her naked in some very provocative positions, and you get to collect all 19 of them. Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it reminded me, I think it was the Mafia games. You can collect, like, old vintage Playboys, and they Ooh. show everything in the game. And I was, when I first played the Mafia game, like, there's three or four now? I'm not sure. I think this was the first or second one, um, and this was a long time ago. I was like, oh, there's boobies in my game. Oh, no. Because, you know, I was used to Bioware, which they always had, like, a weirdly out-of-place matching lingerie set. Like, you never actually saw nudity until mm -hmm. the later Mass Effect games. I don't even think you see it in Dragon Age. I don't think they have so far. I don't. I can't think of any, but I haven't seen all the romance scenes yet maybe you see cassandra's boob i'm not sure someone will fact check me and then when we get to that episode i'm sure i'll see it so we'll find out mm -hmm. i assume nothing compares yet nothing i've seen compares <laughs> to cyberpunk oh okay, okay. yeah but cyberpunk yeah. though is like do you want a big dick or a little dick no i just mean <laughs> like the scenes like the the the, the sex scene with judy is Dear Lord. Mm -hmm. I think I've only think seen I... Pan Am so far. I romance Judy because who wouldn't? She oh, exactly. is perfection. She's the coolest. She's one of the coolest video game characters of all time. She's so awesome and she's so nice too. The whole rest of that game, there's just assholes. And Judy's like seriously one of the only nice people in that game. But she's nice in a way where you know she could still kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. She's not a pushover. She right. is kind, but she is strong as well. So I want to ask, is there, do you have any conscious decision? Do you think like in the game sense where you've romanced someone, do you find yourself going for people with the same type of qualities about them? Or do you just, how do you choose your romance options? Like, is it all related to how you chose Morgan or have you evolved since then? <laughs> At this point in my first playthrough, 
I'm going to romance the one that I kind of feel like is the best fit for my character. But then if it's a game like Mass Effect that I love enough to keep playing through, I'll go through and romance everybody so I can get the full effect of the game. So with Morgan, it was, wow, she's sexy. I'm going to go after her. Now it's like, I think this person is the best fit for my character the way I'm playing. Mm-hmm. So like, I almost do it like more like it's real life. Like I'm going to romance the person that I think they would actually stay together. It wouldn't be just sex or a relationship. With Morgan, it was like, hey, I want to sleep with her. and Let's see where mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, she's pretty gorgeous. I guess, so you play it more like an actual RPG. Like you become your character and like, who would my character romance? That's interesting yeah. for me. I feel like I pick who do I like the best. <laughs> That's how I pick my romances. How do you pick Jen? Mm, I think on first playthrough, it is who I like the best or who I may have done extensive research online about to figure out who the internet says is best romance. And that's why I picked (laughs) Alistair the first time. Um, So I think first playthrough, generally whoever I feel it is I'm working out with. Um, But then second playthrough, I'm like, okay, now that I've learned all the different options, who would I pick? And then beyond that is, okay, I had the one that I thought I would like. I had the one that I know that I liked. And now I'm going to go through and try everybody else. See, for me on first playthrough, I try not to look at anything unless I get stuck, which can prove catastrophic because in my first Mass Effect playthrough, Jack and Legion died, and which oh, was no. catastrophic for the third game when I thought I could stop the war between the Koreans and the Geth. And then Holly died so i had to go oh, back so that one that one i went back to a save i was like no 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 that's not gonna happen Let's turn off the playstation go back to a save redo it <laughs> so but yeah generally my first playthrough i try to not look at anything just absolutely my decisions but after that no i'll start looking mm-hmm. it's hard to stay away from so, spoilers on the internet yeah i am too scared to mess up so I save a lot, and I, whenever I'm doing a first playthrough of any game, I don't look anything up unless I come to a decision point where they're like, do you want to go to the right for this thing or to the left for this thing, or do you want who do you want to go with you for this mission? Because of Bioware trauma, I'll be like, wait, wait, wait. If I pick this person, are they going to die? Or, you know, like I have to Google it to find out <laughs> what the repercussions are. But I, th- I know, Jen, that you're a completionist gamer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's funny because you said you have to go through and like do all the other romances after you've done your version. Like I've never done that. Have you ever done that, Apollo? I will by the time I finish playing Mass Effect. So because now I'm on a Miranda and I'm two thirds of the way through them. So I will. I haven't, but I will. Hmm. Maybe I'm the odd one out in this one as well. <laughs> Wait, I've never done that. Romance Garrus. <laughs> He's oh. my next fem shop. My next playthrough is as a fem shop, and that will be Garrus. We Buckle up, Buttercup. Get ready for a great ride. Well, do you want to do a mid-break? That is a good idea for us to take a little bit of a break right here and check for any reviews and give our Patreon shout-out. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. 
I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember, swooping is bad. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. All right, where are we at? Uh, I checked for reviews today, and we don't have any new reviews on Apple, on iTunes. So we would very much appreciate if you could jump on and just give us a quick little review. And of course, Apollo was our second ever reviewer. Um, He did it like probably a half hour, 45 minutes after Toasty gave his Mm -hmm. absolute amazing people and of course we do have our patreon live and up and running and we have two hopeless romantics apollo who is here with us tonight hi apollo hello (laughs) and toasty um who has been a huge supporter since like before day one and absolutely adore him but unfortunately he was not able to join us on the episode tonight uh due to evil boston grr boss calling him in thank you to apollo and toasty for being our hopeless romantics and v did you see that we got a new patron today i did i did see that that is cloudy atlas and now a shipster or shipmate or whatever i named that thing (laughs) thank you cloudy you have anything you want to add or should i go into our little mundane moment of love no go ahead and go into the mundane moment i looked at it and it is super hilarious and adorable (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait for them to hear it okay so this one comes from my biggest mundane moment been what 18 years of little moments my husband and i were talking and i was like so what would you imagine life be like for shepherd assuming that the war was over they survived and now they're living on some remote little planet off on their own with one of the romance options like you know what when you said living out on their own and not having to worry about it I thought of, imagine Shepard coming back from the grocery store. Now, as we know, Shep would be the grab all bags in one trip type of person. Agreed. Agreed. So Shep yells up at the house. Liara, can you come help and close the shuttle door? I don't have enough hands. Liara responds. I'm in the middle of something right now. 
Can you just make two trips? Oh, so you're too busy to help. Just like you were too busy while I was fighting the collectors? Really? This again? That was a lifetime ago, Shepard. Well, it still stands. Uses a miniature biotic shove to close the door. And does the horrible smirk at their own work. Give humans the ability to manipulate dark energy fields, and they use it to close doors. <laughs> All I could like, think of when you said that was a lifetime ago was Shepard getting mad, being like, what, a human lifetime? Now you're calling me <laughs> like we don't live as long. <laughs> perfect. Funny. That's like, the big tragedy about romancing Liara, though, isn't it? Mm, Shepard yeah. is just a blip on her timeline. I mean, without Liara, Shepard would be with the collectors, so he kind of owes her that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She could still come out and help close the damn door. Mm -hmm. Or at least biotic power it. She's right. Honestly, that one's cute. You know, I haven't ever really thought about it. The only thing I could think of, because I'm a garish shipper, is like Shepard just tripping over his spines on his legs all the time or like bumping into them and being like, God damn it, Garris, move. I'm trying to walk past you in the kitchen and just get impaled. <laughs> I feel like that would Ooh. be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Took a dark well, it's not time. actually impaled, you know. I just imagine Shepard being like me, getting overly mad about something small because you're already mad about something else. I just took like, being impaled really in the kitchen a very different way. <laughs> of course, of course you do. Of course you do. And she's like, no, I'm just thinking about how you didn't do the dishes yesterday. I like how we're just taken immediately to like they're fighting. Well, yeah, because that's like what a- it is. That's what it is to me. It's the mundane moments, the little tiny stupid arguments. Mm. Couples comedies are always the funny part is when they're fighting over stupid things in a funny way. Not, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, not in a real way. We don't want to watch yeah. that. No. Right. Anything else we want to cover tonight? It only talks so much about something from 2007. <laughs> I know. We do good, though. This My entire opinion. podcast started because of something that happened back in 2007. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah and and also our whole thing is like unless we have a partially scripted episode where we're talking about a specific character we digress so much <laughs> and i i hope it's entertaining to people i don't know if we digress I, I we tangent or tangent yeah because does the Let digress me mean go back to where you were supposed to no it's you will say it at the end of the tangent you'll say oh but i digress as in i moved away from what we were talking about let me move us back now hmm that's what Jenna's that's what that's what she said. It's to go back where you were supposed to be. Well, yeah, but like the digression was you coming away from the topic, not yeah. you going back to it. True. Is that that's a why regression? you say but I digress. <laughs> a regression would go back to where you were at, like a sleep regression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was once upon a time a linguist. There <laughs> we go. Maybe you do an episode on prefixes. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you're a teacher, right? Latin, right? I am. Latin that is super cool. Yes. Can you say something in Latin? What do you want me to say? I'll say. Uh, I know. Oh, I should. Literally, literally, no. literally, when somebody says that, the old thing that always pops into my head is alia yakta est, which is a die is cast. I don't know why that always pops into my head, but it does. As someone who speaks another language and people have always asked me, say something in Korean. Um, I'll be like, I can't just think of something. You need to tell me something specific. Exactly I'm so I'm sorry I, I did that to you. I'm sorry I did that's that to you because I know how it feels. Alia yakta s. That's my go-to. The die is cast. That's cool. What about our catchphrase V of beauty is in the eye of the controller? My only worry would be, does Latin have a word for controller? Really controllers. Yeah. 
I was like, they would have their word. Video games controllers. Yeah, I assume they would have a word for controller, as in someone who's controlling something, like a director, or but not like a video game controller. I'll figure it out. Those things usually you have to kind of look up and figure out what word will be closely. So I will figure that out. Straight off the cuff, new little two girls mini contest. I would love to hear your in okay. a language that you speak: French, German, Russian. I don't Egyptian. Send us a little recording of saying beauty is in the eye of the controller and we'll use mm -hmm. it in an upcoming outro. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I like that. Actually, you know, what's funny is I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, what's controller in Korean? And I'm like, I would bet so much money right now that it's controller. So beauty in the eye of the controller is Arumdaun controller nune ita. <laughs> okay. Super fun. Or Isayo. Adam Daun controla e nune Isayo isumnida Isaw. However you want to end that sentence. In Latin, other than controller, it would be pulcritudo est in oculo, whatever controller is. Yeah. So fun. I love it. I'll have my mom send me a recording of what it is in Spanish. Oh, no. My mom can speak pig Latin. I'll have my grandpa do it. Mr. Live Laugh, yes. Mr. Love tequila. Laugh Tequila, I will have him. I'll have my mom go get a recording of him. A few things before we wrap up the show tonight. If you want to join us on next month's chat, you can join us at patreon.com slash two girls one ship. And if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to leave us a review and subscribe. You can find us in our Two Girls One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias at Two Girls One Ship. Links to those are in the description. And don't forget that we will be live streaming each recording of the episodes on Twitch and YouTube at Two Girls One Ship every Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, and releasing the podcast episodes on Sundays. Apollo, is there anything that you want to share last minute, how people can reach you or cool things you've got going on? I'm a high school teacher, so that is that is my life. I get to live with teenagers all day, and I enjoy it. I like my job. I'm Apollo73 on the Discord. I'm trying to get a science teacher friend of mine to come to the Mass Effect Lorecast and talk about the science of Mass Effect. And if he can ever figure out how to get into the Discord, he will. That's Yay. exciting. Yeah, I'd love that. And also, I mean, I guess working with teenagers all day is someone's personal hell and someone else's like happy place. It sounds like it's your happy place. So that's good. Absolutely. I wouldn't last 35 seconds with elementary age students. <laughs> <laughs> but mm -hmm. as always, thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. <laughs> Welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Rummer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. 
or you can send us an email using threecountthoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>